We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, well, it's Friday. That's fabulous, is it not? It's a Friday afternoon. Things look to be beautiful weather-wise. Kath, who doesn't love a Friday afternoon? I love a Friday afternoon, John, for crying out loud. Welcome. Holy smokes. Mm -hmm. It's The Ride Home. I'm John Hall with Kathy Emmons. Uh, We got ourselves a jam-packed show we're going to do poetry and plants and parenting. Three P's three today, P's. which are essential. Yes. <laughs> poetry, planting, and parents. Yes. Exactly. But, yes. How are things with you? They're well. Before we launch into any of that, John, may I give you today's top four at four? Oh, please do. All right, John. After the president backed out of negotiations with Congress just days ago, the White House has announced it is preparing a $1.8 trillion coronavirus relief offer, according to the Wall Street Journal. The White House proposal increases its previous offer by only about $200 billion, but a significant distance still remains between the administration and Democratic leaders on the bill's overall price tag. Wow, that's a lot of money. Okay, bring it. Oh, Number two, Steeler fans, don't you worry. T.J. Watt returned to practice today after missing Thursday's session because of a knee injury. Quote, I feel great, he said during a video conference call with uh, media Friday afternoon. I'm reading here from the Trib website. He said, quote, practiced well today. I was flying around. I'll be ready to go Sunday, no doubt. Excellent. Bring it on. little football. Is that a one o'clock game? It is a one o'clock game against the hated Philadelphia Eagles. Excellent. Bring it. Uh, Number three. News comes today that in the last year, enrollment has fallen by 2.2% in Pennsylvania's state university system. Surprise is that low. Surprise there. I know. It's been a decade, John, though, since there was any overall increase in numbers of students enrolled. Really? That's interesting. All right. And number four, in news that just hit us, the three of us in the gut today, Pittsburgh Steeler broadcaster, former Pro Bowl Steeler, and a wonderful longtime friend of ours, Tunch Ilkin, has revealed his battle with ALS. Tunch has been a relentless giver of his time, his energy, his football IQ, his good humor, and his faith to hundreds of thousands of Pittsburghers and, of course, people around the world for decades. There's nobody like him. Tunch, we love you. We're we with sure you. do. Yeah, Tunch. I don't think it's an understatement to say that in many ways, Tunch is football royalty here in the city of Pittsburgh. Of course, when he played, ironically, the Steelers didn't win any Super Bowls, but Tunch 
transitioning to the broadcast booth and especially his outspokenness about his faith, how he chooses to live his life, how vocal he is and, you know, how he's so seen easily here in Western Pennsylvania. Really, what a great advocate. He evangelizes as he just walks and talks 24-7. Yeah. Uh, really, just a wonderful guy. And uh, the ALS diagnosis, crushing as it is, uh, I think that uh, we'll see Tunch for a long time. And his experience and his example will shoulder on and will continue to be an example of Christ in action. Our best to Tunch. Um, you and I texted with him today um, to his wife and his children, to Wolf, everybody who loves Tunch, mm-hmm. including Bill Hillgrove and the whole Steeler broadcast staff. Um, I, you know, one of the <laughs> we've laughed so hard over the years. You know, I think one of my number one um, memories with him and Wolf is when they did the the uh, walk for Light, Light of Life. Life. Yeah. And, you know, they do it a day ahead, just kind of map it out. And then they talk on the radio about they it. They do you know, the to pre-walk. Kind of, right. To, to, you know, gin up excitement around the Pittsburgh area about it each year. And, you know, Wolf would eat. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, he would eat something oh, sickening in every single neighborhood. He was the only yeah. person that could walk like 28 miles, Tunch said, and gain 11 pounds. <laughs> It's awesome. I love those two guys. I just, <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. Yes. So, I mean, our heart breaks. There's no doubt about that, but you know, to see this man, this example of Christ likeness and strength and fortitude, he's going to be a great example. So uh, I think he's going to be with us for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And I think Tunch will also be one of the first people don't feel sorry for me because I know where I'm going. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, blessings to Tunch and his family. Yeah. I love him. Let's take a break. Come back. When we do come back, uh, a gorgeous day like today, it's hard to believe that uh, sooner or later, uh, sooner rather than later, frost will be nipping at Don't our heels. It. Don't you say it. Yes. Yeah, so uh, what about your garden for winter? Doug Oster's with us next. 101.5 WORD. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend. With the best new music. New, new music. Graves into Gardens. New music from Elevation Worship. Love Like Thunder by Richland. Your love is like the thunder. And Never Have I Ever by Hillsong Young and Free. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Trinity Jewelers and Dennis Spira and Associates. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. Hi, everybody. It's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. Isn't this a fabulous time of year, especially on our dairy farm in Washington County, PA? The pumpkins are turning, the corn is waving in the wind, and the hog quarters are on the pit every Sunday through the end of October. That's right. It's time for our annual 4-H hog roast. Mom bought a bunch of 4-H hog that we will be roasting over the open pit outside all morning long. Alongside that tender, tasty, charred pork, we'll be serving pork and kraut, barbecued pork, hand-peeled mashed potatoes with pork drippings gravy, sage stuffing, baked beans, homemade applesauce, and all kinds of family recipe fall veggies and casseroles. We'll even have live music by local musicians. To keep the crowd spread out and everybody healthy this year, we have two jumbo tents set up outside too. And the pumpkin patch hay rides will run 11 to 5 all weekend. Good old-fashioned fall fun and feasting on the farm. Come join us, springhousemarket.com. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. 
Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Tour any of their three North Hills campuses during Admissions Week, October 19th through 23rd, and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. The Original Mattress Factory is always looking for good people to join our team. If you're interested in a sales, manufacturing, or delivery position, we offer competitive pay and exceptional benefits packages. Integrity and strong work ethic are essential because at OMF, we strive for excellence in all that we do. To learn more about our company and our unique business model, visit us at OriginalMattress.com. You can stop by any of our locations or visit the employment section on OriginalMattress.com to complete an application. Yes, cold weather's coming. What about your garden? What about your plants, your flowers? Doug Oster is back with us. He's going to talk about harvesting into winter or beyond. Doug Oster is editor of Gardening with Doug, DougOster.com. Hey, Doug. Happy uh, Hey, happy, how you doing? Good, real good. How about yourself? I'm doing great. This is uh, big-time gardening season. Fall is second only to spring uh, because... There's so many things we can plant, trees, shrubs, bulbs, perennials, and then what we talked about, cool weather, what you talked about in the beginning, cool weather vegetables. Really? Now, Doug, now listen, I got to tell you, I never planted a single thing in the fall until I started following you on Instagram. And then like a month ago, you were like all in high gear. And I thought, what the heck is going on with Doug Oster? So I had to get out in my own garden and get things together. I mean, I didn't know that there were that many things you could plant at this time of year. You know, it's the days are shorter and the temperatures are conducive to root growth on plants. You know, we, we do a lot of spring planting and and a lot of things that I'm planting now, the types of things I also plant in the spring, but when I have the opportunity, I want to do it in the fall because when I do it in the spring, that plant is going to try and put on root growth, top growth, and possibly flowers. That's a lot to ask from a plant. And so when we do it in fall, the only thing that plant wants to do is concentrate on making nice roots. And so that's why, you know, the, the saying is fall is for planting. Really? Well, talk about bulbs, Doug. Bulbs to me have always seemed a mystery. So you plant bulbs now for next spring or summer blooming, yes? Exactly. And for a lot of people, it's a mystery. And it used to be that everybody planted some bulbs in the fall, but it kind of slowed down here. But... With COVID, we've seen a explosion in gardening, and that includes fall bulb planting. If you're going to plant bulbs, find one of these things called a bulb auger. It is a giant drill bit that fits on a powerful battery-powered drill, and it will make your life easy. You know, mm. when we're planting bulbs, and, and the number one thing for people to know is that, that deer will eat tulips. So if you have deer, don't plant tulips, but daffodils. Uh, are are my favorite because they can be early when, when we get to the spring, early season, mid season blooms, and late season blooms, and nothing's going to touch them. Uh, and so this bulb auger, it allows you to plant a hundred, two hundred, three hundred, whatever you might want to, 
without making it such an awful chore, there's a, there's a, a, a hand tool that is sold and oh, it's cruel and unusual punishment for gardeners. I'm telling you, a ball bogger on a 20 volt battery powered drill, you'll plant a hundred. Yeah, I'll tell you, you go out there, you'll plant a hundred daffodils, and you'll say, "I'm going back to the nursery. I'm getting some more. This is awesome." Oh, that's cool. uh, and and bulbs are planted usually two to three times as deep as the bulb is itself. So we start with daffodils because we know that nothing's going to eat them. But then there's all these little bulbs. Uh, that, that bloom at different times of the season. And, and again, they're only around for a short time. And people often ask me, like, well, why are you going to all that trouble to put these bulbs in if they're only going to be blooming for a month or a month and a half? And when you switch it around, that is, is the, the thing that makes it so interesting is they're ephemeral and they're one of the only things blooming. And so with daffodils, it could be April. And once that daffodil season starts, there's no turning back. Yeah, they're not there. They're not there for the whole season, but that's what makes them special. And, and when you start looking at different bulbs, like snowdrops, snowdrops can bloom as early as January 15th. And they're just these little wow. itty bitty bulbs. Nothing eats them. Uh, they're easy to plant because they're small and then they form their own little colony after a while. And so, yeah, when, when something blooms in January and, and the, the stars have to align, we have to have a, a thaw for a certain amount of time and some bright sun and I plant them close to the house. But when those little, they're just little itty bitty white flowers, about four inches tall. When they bloom, I run around the house and say, spring is here. Spring is here. And my wife's <laughs> like, it's going to be snowing through April. It doesn't matter. Something bloomed. There's no stopping us now. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Okay, that's a great little psychological boost sometime in January. So maybe that's a must-have for fall planting. Well, I think so. And if you can start then, you'll you'll get some crocuses up a little later. You know, start when you start to get those early bulbs blooming in March. Again, you're you're extending the season. Uh, one one little trick for planting crocuses and tulips, um, varmints like chipmunks love those. And I learned this from a guy, his name's Brent Heath. He, he runs this company called Brent and Becky's bulbs. And he soaks those bulbs in like a repellent, like a deer repellent. I use this stuff called Bob X, but you can find there's a million different repellents and it smells bad, but you just put, you know, you spray about a quarter inch into a little plastic bowl and you throw the bulbs in there and mix them around. And I've had much, much better luck in having them in the ground in fall and nothing digging them up it's nothing more disappointing than spending your afternoon planting a hundred crocus bulbs in the next spring. Oh, say oh what happened. Right. Right. Doug Oster, editor of gardening with Doug at dougoster.com. Doug's with us talking about fall planting. Um, Doug, can you plant grass in the fall? Oh, this is a perfect time to plant grass seed. Uh, with my, my genius, I planted grass seed uh, right before we had a drought. So oh, uh, right. I, yeah, I, I've got about three quarters of a yard out there, and and mm-hmm. it, that's a way for me. That's wasting water when I had to, I had to run the sprinkle on that to keep it alive. But you know, this is the perfect time. If you're going to plant grass seed, get good grass seed. It should be 100% grass seed, not any fillers or anything in there. That's where you're getting the best bang for your buck. You might see a, a bag of grass seed, and it's cheaper. But if you look at it carefully, it's not 100% seed. And so one of, the, one of the easiest ones to find is called the Penn State Mix. If you have shade, pick one for shade. If you have one for sun, use one that's specifically uh, bred for, for in the sun. And very easy to do. Just kind of rough up the soil with a garden rake. Throw that down. With rain coming, with the kind of rain we have coming, 
I'm, I'm going to be planting until that rain starts. That is the perfect yes. timing of what, whatever you're planting, and certainly with grass. That grass seed has to stay moist until it sprouts. And so you Every still day. have nice warm soil temperatures. You throw that grass seed on there. I always put straw over it just as a precaution to keep that straw stays wet and keeps the grass seed moist. But with this rain coming, I'm telling you, it's going to be, it's going to be a crazy planting weekend here at the Oster Garden. Doug, what about those seed carpets? Have you seen those, right? You kind of roll them out. Definitely. uh, They work, but remember that under the carpet needs to be something that's going to uh, give those plants the nutrients they need. You, you can roll a carpet on the, over the worst soil, but, and they'll sprout, but then what? And so before we put that uh, either a seed tape or, or a, one of those big seed carpets down, we should have some compost down there. Uh, you know, as I always talk about growing in compost, adding compost, that compost gives the plants everything they need, and when they have everything they need, they're going to basically outgrow most of the problems. And so... Whatever you're planting, whether it's that type of seed or, or a, a perennial or vegetables, whatever it might be, improving that soil, and you can buy a bag of compost for 5 $6 at a nursery, and you'll be, you'll be set depending on you know, how much area you have to plant. Mm-hmm. Very good. Doug, let me ask you a couple questions about perennials. Um, so the first one is if you've got perennials that are established in your yard, they've already bloomed for the season, do you cut those back to the ground for winter? It's up to the gardener. Um, most uh, most experts are telling us now, because we are concerned about beneficial insects and pollinators and that sort of thing, to leave them up because it's a home for these things. When there's these uh, hollow stems in some of those perennials, native bees and stu- such will nest in there, will overwinter in there, the beneficials will overwinter in there. But I always say, if you can't stand it, if you can't stand the way that looks, it's your garden. It's for you. There's plenty of the rest of us that are working for, for these other reasons. Uh, it's okay to cut, cut them down. Uh, I usually w- wait when I w- was doing that. Now I leave everything. Actually, I've been leaving everything up because I'm lazy. And when, I, when they started saying this, like, oh, we should leave everything up, I said, well, I've been doing that for years, of course. Sure. <laughs> so, I knew all <laughs> And so uh, – yeah, when it gets cold, go, if, if you can't stand the way it looks, go ahead and cut them down. It, it's okay. I'm leaving everything up, and I'm cutting them down when things warm up in the spring. Uh, okay. I, I want to help all those uh, native pollinators. All pollinators are on decline, uh, you know, not just uh, honeybees. Our native pollinators are in decline, too. And if we can garden without chemicals and, uh, you know, do these grow things that they love to either eat or nest in, we're, we're, we're helping out our own garden. They're going to help yeah. us w- when we get gardening. That's good. I appreciate that. Doug Oster with us, uh, editor of Gardening with Doug at DougOster.com. Doug, I got to ask you, I've got some kind of bad thing going on with my lilacs in my backyard. I've got established lilacs that have been there for 10 plus years and they've got this, you know, gross thing growing on the bark and the the green leaves are getting all brown and shriveled. Do you have any idea, any any, you know, diagnosis for me? So let's talk about what you're seeing on the bark. Is it kind of greenish yep, and yep. scary? Yep. Uh, that's a good thing. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's called a lichen. It means that you, you're doing something right. Lichens okay. are, are one of the number one questions I get because uh, it looks so scary. So the lichen itself is a good thing. No, no worries there. The leaves turning brown is probably, uh, without seeing it, I would guess uh, just 
drought and heat stress. Uh, lilacs oh, are really? tough as nails. They are tough as nails. It, it, as long as they're blooming for you every spring, don't worry about them. They're, okay. they're, they're, the, they're, the, they're the last thing to worry about, your lilacs. Doug Oster is with us, editor of Gardening with Doug, DougOster.com, as well as on Instagram. Doug, uh, what about vegetable gardens? I mean, pretty much over right now, no one's going to plant anything for winter, are they? What? What? <laughs> no, we, this is when we're starting all our lettuce. We're, you can go to nursery and get lettuce plants, arugula plants, um, Swiss chard, all these plants that love cool weather, mustard greens. I, and when I say mustard greens, I, I can see the look on your face through the phone. You're like, mustard greens? What year is it, 1930? But mustard greens are these really <laughs> wonderful, spicy greens. Mizuna is another one that is, is, all these different greens that you can get plants for, you put them in right now. Again, we, we're putting them in good compost. When you're pulling out your tomatoes, something else goes in there. And, and when it gets cold, we just there's all sorts of different ways to give them some protection. And one of the cheapest and easiest ways to protect these plants is just get a thrill, three mil thick uh, drop cloth from the hardware store. Uh, it's translucent. And get, they have these wire hoops at the, uh, at the hardware store. They're already pre-cut to six feet, and they're 11-gauge wire. Make a little hoop over your lettuce when it gets cold. Put that plastic on top, and I'm telling you, guaranteed, they will go at least till Christmas. And in my case, with a, with a, with a normal winter, they'll go all the way through the year. You'll be harvesting for Christmas dinner, and nothing what? better than bragging at Christmas dinner, oh, these happen to be by the, from the garden. Now, that's not going to work, Doug, in a container, is it, outside? It sure could. You're just going to uh, have to protect it. If, in my case, what I would do is I would get a straw bale, and I would okay. kind of take it apart. I'd put the container inside there to give it some insulation, and then build some kind of inexpensive, easy protection to make just kind of a, basically an unheated little greenhouse outside for that plant itself. The other advantage of having this plastic around, uh, the four-legged pests can't get to it either. Uh, mm. I've got I have deer coming up to the fence of the garden and reaching over and eating my my stuff. So I put the plastic on top of it just to keep it happy when things get cold, but also to keep those darn deer off my plants. Oh yeah, Doug. I, I, I want to ask you a question now. You bring this up. Uh, I, I don't see this as much anymore, but I remember being a kid, and my dad used to cover his shrubs with burlap. Uh, is that advisable? I mean, I've got some shrubs, and the deer eat that in the winter time. I'd like to protect those shrubs. As long as you think it looks okay, that's a great way to do it. But but let me let me just shift directions real quick with the burlap. Burlap is the perfect thing to surround hydrangeas with. The number one gardening question is why don't my hydrangeas bloom? And oftentimes it's either improper pruning, never cut down a hydrangea because those buds are on there now waiting to bloom in the summer, uh, or the buds are freezing out or the deer are getting to them. If you surround it and then the top stays open, you surround it with burlap, that will keep the deer off it and also keep those buds from freezing. But the burlap or deer netting would work for your shrubs. I think it would look better with the deer netting because it's almost invisible and it's inexpensive, easier to work with, as long as you can keep the deer netting so that the deer can't, you know, it's not the the leaves aren't poking through the deer netting. Anyway, any physical barrier that you can use to keep those deer off your plants is going to work. 
Okay. Thank you. Doug, one last question for you. Um, People still interested in planting mums. Uh, Is it too late? And will they overwinter? Are they going to be perennials for us? Never plan on them overwintering. Never, never, never. If you're lucky, maybe. Uh, But if you're going to plant mums, it's, it's certainly okay to plant them this late. Try and find ones that haven't bloomed out yet. They'll last longer for you. People have a tendency to try and buy those uh, already bloomed out. They're only going to last for a week or two like that. Hmm, If they have tight buds, tight buds, just blushing, that's the way to get your mumps. Very good. Doug, before we leave us, was it a good year for the garden in you? You know, it was probably the best year for the garden because I was able to spend so much more time in the garden, and I found that from a lot of my my friends. Yeah. Uh, The irony of what I do Normally, in a normal year, as I'm always out speaking and making videos and all this sort of stuff, I spent a lot of time in the garden. And mm. even though we had that hot, dry spell, I was able to get out there and water. And I really appreciated my garden this year more than any other year uh, because it gave me a place of solace and, and where you can look at something and say, you know what? That butterfly doesn't know about all this craziness that's going on out here. It's just going from one flower to the next. And that felt pretty good. That's good. Doug Oster. Find Doug at DougOster.com. You can pepper him with all the gardening questions that you've been dying to ask. And uh, you can, like Doug, you know, mock John for not knowing that he can plant lettuce right now. But I mean, I mean what the heck? Whatever. Kathy, I want you to come to the garden at some point, some way, somehow, since we're in listen, the same area. We, listen, give, um, give Mike before you leave, um, your, give Mike your phone number and I'll get in touch. And when I get back next week, I'm going to come see your garden. Oh, that would be awesome. I would love that. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Hey, our pleasure, Doug. Always good. DougOster.com, of course, on Instagram, Facebook, you name it. Easy to find. Lots of great knowledge. Always beauty in the garden with Doug. Hey, this or that, coming up next. We want everybody to have a level of comfort knowing that they're in a safe environment, that they're in a caring environment and that their health and well-being is our top priority. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We are constantly screening both ourselves and patients. I want my patients to know that we are there for them. When they are ready, we are here. You're going to be safe. You're going to be well cared for. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsaroundspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsaroundspittsburgh.com. That's windowsaroundspittsburgh.com. Help at Home, formerly Excel Home Care, is proud to offer benefits to heroes of home care, including Hero Pay and Hero Sign On bonuses. Any caregiver who joins the Help at Home team is eligible for a Hero Pay $500 sign on bonus plus ongoing bonus pay. We know it's been a difficult time. Help at Home wants to make sure you get the Hero Pay you deserve. 
Give us a call today to find out more or go to helpathomepa.com. That's helpathomepa.com. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors, individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. We're all feeling the weight of COVID-19, but for kids in poverty around the world, things are becoming desperate. Join Compassion International and provide for a family in poverty. Make your one-time $40 gift. Text HOPE to 83393. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, tune in and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight, partly cloudy and mild with a low 58. Tomorrow, warm with times of clouds and sun and a high 77. Cloudy and mild tomorrow night with a low of 60. Sunday, a thick cloud cover with occasional rain in the afternoon and a high of 74. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. It's time now for the September 9th edition of This or That. Except it's October. Oh, oh, it is October. (laughs) Okay, that's my first one. October or September. (laughs) Yes. All right. You or me, Kath, this or that. All right, me. All right. Here we go. Riding a bike five miles, doing 60 push-ups. Oh, riding a bike five miles. Dark chocolate haystacks. Dark chocolate pretzels. So difficult. Mm. I'm going pretzels. Oh, but it was hard. Knitting a scarf in (laughs) church. Knitting a crocheting a hat at a Steeler game. Okay. I'll go with the crocheting. Crocheting a hat at a steal again. Yeah, I will choose that. All right. Mm-hmm. A vaccine for COVID. A six-month sabbatical. Oh, gosh. Well, that's just not fair. I mean, I, out of my moral obligation to society, I have to choose the COVID vaccine. Sorry to pass up a six-month it sabbatical. Is. It really is. Prime rib. Filet mignon. Filet. Easy. Jerry Seinfeld. Beth Moore. How do you? That's not fair. Jerry Seinfeld, Beth Moore. All right, only because she's my good friend, Beth. Beth Moore visiting a small town in Germany. Oh, gosh. You are a mean person. That's what this is. All right, I'm going to go to Germany. Visiting a small town. Now I feel bad because I love Beth. Uh-huh. Beth. Eating a pound of bacon every day for a month. That's disgusting. Eating a loaf of rye bread oh. every day for a month. The rye bread. All right. Clearly. 
a lawyer, an accountant. Um, I think at this point I'll say accountant. We could use some facts. Going downhill skiing, being shot out of a cannon. <laughs> being shot out of a cannon. There you go. <laughs> That's my this or that. Oh, John, I'm excited to present these 10 to you. Very nice. Thank you. For Friday, October 9th. Number one, pumpkin patch or haunted house? Uh, pumpkin patch. Number two, sunny fall day or sunny spring day? Sunny spring day. Really? Number three, complaining how hot you are on a July day in your non-air conditioned house or complaining how cold you are on a 74 degree October day. Both of which you've done. Recently. Complaining how cold I am on a 74 fall day. Okay. (laughs) Eddie Van Halen, God rest his soul, or Eric Clapton? Eric Clapton. Salsa or French onion dip? Mm. I just had salsa a little bit ago. I knew you did. French onion dip. Really? Okay. Uh, These three are connected. On the restaurant buffet that we were just talking of earlier this week, lamenting perhaps its demise and it's it's never returning after COVID-19. Macaroni salad or weird green jello with marshmallows? Macaroni salad. Really? That's bad. That'll get you sick. Uh, Continuing, stuffed shells on the buffet, John, or the roast beef being sliced live by the dude in the tall white hat. Oh, the roast beef with the guy in the tall white hat. Yeah. Because it makes you feel special. I like that guy. Mm-hmm. Good buddies. Uh, last in the buffet section, crusty, not quite warm chicken tenders or dry overcooked fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, you'd probably get less sick with the chicken, I would okay. think, than the fish. I'm going right, with the I chicken. Mean, yeah, very nice. That's, that's good reasoning. Crusty chicken. Okay, into the home, John, I go with uh, number nine, wood-burning fireplace mm. or gas-burning fireplace? Oh, wood-burning fireplace. Really? That was easy. And your last one for today, John, high-quality flannel-lined leather slippers or your silly booties? Oh, no question. Always and forever booties the october 9th edition of this or that (laughs) 101.5word how do you know who to trust it's a great question when so-called bible teachers are really all over the map in their instruction Why don't you get on the Bible bus this week? As Dr. J. Vernon McGee tells us, the people of the first century experienced the same problem. And Jude wrote his letter to help the young church know who to believe. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Facing a layoff near retirement? You may have some important decisions to make regarding your 401k. If you don't work there, should your money stay? This decision could be important to achieving your retirement goals. This is Ethan Lane, Associate Advisor with Accurate Solutions Group. Our team has worked with many families with these types of decisions and understand your options. With taxes at historic lows, we can look at options for your 401k that could save you on taxes down the road. 
Our team at Accurate Solutions Group is offering a 10-step layoff survival guide. For your complimentary copy, call or text REVIEW to 412-515-3555. Accurate Solutions Group is ready to assist you. For your copy or to schedule your complimentary 401k review, call or text REVIEW to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Neither the firm nor its representatives can provide tax advice. Liberty Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your car insurance with RightTrack, which rewards you for safe driving. As the world's most careful driver, that's perfect. Now applying two pounds of force for acceleration. You're really turning in 0.3 miles and begin a deceleration. With Liberty Mutual's RightTrack, you could earn up to 30% savings based on how you drive. Sign up at LibertyMutual.com slash RightTrack. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Discount on participating vehicles, base coverages only. Availability varies. Hi, this is Robert Jeffress, pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas and Bible teacher on Pathway to Victory. Let me encourage you to be in prayer about the upcoming election. Then make sure you prepare. Educate yourself on the agendas of the two parties and make sure you're registered. Finally, make your plan to vote, whether at the voting booth, by absentee, or vote by mail. Your voice is your vote. Your voice needs to be heard on November 3rd. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Friday afternoon. Who doesn't need a poem at the end of the week? Misha Willett is with us. Misha has been a regular guest on our show, and uh, he is the author of The Elegy Beta and Phases, which are books of poetry. His poems, essays, translations, academic articles appear widely. Misha teaches English at Seattle Pacific University. You can follow Misha's work at MishaWillett.com. Hey, Misha, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well, John. How are you? Good, real good. Terrific. I Misha, will- always, always glad to have you. I was looking outside today, and it's super-duper sunny in Pittsburgh. Yeah. The weather is clear. It's 74 degrees, and I thought, if I was a poet, this would be the day I would write about. Mm. <laughs> That's exactly right. There's something about these hinge seasons that lend themselves to, to rumination, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so what is that like? Being a poet as a vocation and also being a teacher as you are, um, are you are you in a bout of rumination at all times? <laughs> uh that's probably true of me as a personality. I'm not ah, sure if it's okay. a function of my vocation anyway. Okay. Um, but I actually had a, a, a funny experience this week. Um, I haven't really finished any poems since the new book came out. Um, it, it launched on the day the governor closed our state, and so I couldn't do any readings uh, that I normally would do in, in promotion of it. And I was feeling kind of down about that, and something just stopped in me. I couldn't bring any poems to, to a close. That makes sense. Um, and then, right, there's just something like, well, where's this going to go or what's the point of it? Um, and then this week, I just sat down and, and did it, and I finished four new things. And wow. I was so so happy about them. 
And then an editor from a journal, a literary journal in Ireland wrote me that day and said, hey, do you have any new work? We'd love to publish some of your new stuff. What? It was such a, uh, such a blessing because a week prior, I would have had to say no. Like, I'm sorry, I, I have nothing for you. But it was the same day. It was just sort of gobbled up. And, and so I felt That's like good. the spirit was confirming something that I was wow. like aiming for, you. you know? Yeah. So, Misha, in this conversation, it makes me wonder, uh, like you and your mindset, you know, something you were born with, are, are poets born or are poets made? Oh, the age-old question, yeah. Yeah. Well, as a teacher of poetry, I have to believe that there's some element of training and craft in it. Um, mm. There are probably people who are drawn towards it, and there's certainly an element of natural talent. Um, Lord knows I've tried and tried with some students, and we haven't been able to quite produce the thing, you know. Um, but but it's somewhere in between. But there's got to be, you know, some people are meant to be dancers, and you can tell as soon as you see them move. Um, <laughs> yes. My daughter, my daughter sings beautifully, way better than I ever could. I don't. She understands more about harmony at seven years old than I do uh, by by a long ways. Um, so it does seem like w- this part was made to do that thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I love that. I was just. Uh... Reading the other day, First uh, Corinthians, the hand shouldn't say to the foot, "I don't need you." Right. And the hand shouldn't say to the foot, "I don't. I want to be you either." Yeah, exactly right. We have this sort of this tendency to try to be everything to everyone, but that's what the body of Christ is for. We we need each other, and we need each other to be different. Yeah. So what about um, looking out at this crazy election cycle we're in? I mean, is there any place for a poet in times like this? Well, that's rough. Oh, that is is a hard one. Language has taken a hammering. Hasn't it? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's especially hard when everything's as fraught as it is. Um, But one of the things that I'm reading a book right now by Don Patterson um, called The Poem, and it's a theoretical text, but one of the things he says is that Poetry sings across the gaps, Mm. and that's gaps in our understanding. It's gaps in our sort of memory of our own lives, and we can make something that makes it feel unified, even if it wasn't that way as an experience. Um, And I probably one of the gaps that it can sing across is these different, you know, political dispositions um, and personalities and, and state lines, one hopes. It seems like the endless complaining, uh, just the the vitriol that is shot across the bow of everybody's ship right now, whether it's in social Mm -hmm. media or it's on a blog site or it's on cable TV or whatever it is, that seems to me the antithesis of poetry. I couldn't agree more. I I think making a poem is fundamentally a hopeful gesture, Mm, even if it's even it's a depressing or even a self-absorbed kind of poem. It's a hopeful gesture because you've asked someone's participation. Poems don't just exist by themselves. You, the audience finishes them for you when they yes. get read. Uh, are there people um, around the world, maybe um, countries, that are more predisposed to poetry than what our society lacks? Oh, sure. Yeah. In fact, a number of Middle Eastern societies um, – it's funny to, to travel around and have your station sort of change. Um, people will snicker if if I say, oh, yes, I'm a poet, right, around here. But um, I went, I was in Baliasco in, in Italy, and they kept referring to me as Il Gran Poeta. Like it was, wow, we have a poet at our dinner table, and it, it's just a completely different sort of way to be received. 
Yeah, it's surprising you came back. <laughs> Reluctantly. Yeah, yeah, yes. Misha Willett is with us, author of The Allergy Beta. Uh, Misha, did you see that a, a poet won the Nobel Prize in Literature this week? I did. Louise Glick was a fine choice for that. Um, her okay, friends call her tell, Wheezy. Yeah, tell, tell us about her, because I was saying to John, it's one thing, you know, John and I reading poetry, but I'm eager to hear what a poet thinks of another poet. Yeah, well, one of the great gifts I think she gave to um, contemporary American poetry, and probably poetry worldwide, was to make sense of how to use the classical tradition now. Hmm. Um, she took all those Greek and Roman myths that, you know, have been poetic material for ages and ages, but for around 100 years, it seems like everyone forgot how to use them, or they always seemed dusty and academic, and she made them very real and even bodily um, in her work. Hmm. Wonderful. So what, what a great honor. I mean, to win a Nobel Prize for poetry, it, it, it gives everyone hope who loves language. Yeah, that's exactly right. And she's... She's been really gracious. I don't know if you've seen, but every quote that she said in response to it is just charming in a very particular yes. way that's hers. That's yeah, she said that she um, she could, you know, I don't think someone had won for poetry since the, the Polish poet, I can't think of her name, in the 90s. It might have even been 92. And yeah. she said that she was just, she couldn't believe that she would win, but she also didn't want to act like she wasn't excited about it because she yeah. thought it was awesome. Right, right. It feels like, I don't always follow the news about the things, but her win feels like we've been invited along for that, for that reverie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, just like, as you said, Kath, to be known as the Polish poet, it's kind of like, you know, starting backwards. I feel badly about that. I mean, I read about this Polish poet two days yes. ago, and I've already forgotten her name. Yes. Misha, Misha Willett. He is what? The Pacific Southwest. Uh, I uh, haven't poet. forgotten his name. Yes. Don't worry. Misha, as you join us, we love talking to you about, about language and poetry, but also to hear you uh, recite poetry. Do you have anything for us? Sure. Um, I'll, I'll read one um, that I was thinking about, Autumn. It's coming here. It sounds like you guys are having a beautiful day. We are having a very gauzy and gray and typical fall day in Seattle. It's beautiful. Um, and I thought of this poem from... For one year, I was a scholar in residence at a little medieval university in southern Germany called Tübingen. And there, the train station area is all modernized and graffitis. And so I was quite worried when we pulled up, me with my new bride, uh, to, to take her on this year-long adventure. But then you crossed this particular bridge, and it was decorated with flower baskets. Mm-hmm. And it was like Disneyland over there, and all the walls were slanted, and it was absolutely gorgeous. Um, but one day I saw the crews taking down the flower baskets from the bridge. And they, they were probably 10 feet long, hanging down into the water, and maybe there's 15 of them. And I, they probably put them in a greenhouse for the year or something like that and bring them back out in spring. But I was surprised at how much that mattered to the psychology of the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, when those baskets were gone, I didn't even feel like going outside. It just seemed like, what's the point? All the beauty's gone. Huh. Um, so I made this poem called Deflowered. The men threw flowers in a bucket they had clipped to the truck's bed, thus denuding the bridgeside hand railing, bare as the trees in the adjacent park. The tourists shuffle poorer now, and autumn hard upon us. Soon it's back inside for winter with that life. To the empty hearth we don't surround with singing, back to darning socks, more pies to bake, more looking at ourselves more to and fro across the room. Instead of outing to the bakery, we'll pour a bowl of cereal. But not because the bridge is closed, 
It's just, without the veil, the bride is just a girl in fancy clothes. Mm, that's beautiful. Oh, I love that. The tourist shuffle poorer now. Mm. Yeah, exactly right. That kind of <laughs> mass huddle we do that's sort of ugly and human. Oh, that's right. Good. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, you've taken the beauty of poetry and you sort of um, extract the absence of flowers, which is another form of poetry in a way. And you show uh, what happens, I guess, the negative effect when beauty is withdrawn from the public scale. Well read. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. That's like good. it's not merely a decoration. It does something to us. Yes, yes, yeah. Good. And I really like that. I, you know, those little German bridges are so <laughs> feminine. And I, you know, I love the bride imagery there. Um, there's nothing really like it, like them here. That's in- interesting. I hadn't, hadn't thought of that angle of it, actually. But that's right. It's, the bridge was rebuilt in the 50s or something. So it was very metal and straight mm-hmm. and masculine without that, without those flowers on them. Right. That might have been part right. of it. That's very mm-hmm. good. Anything else, Misha? I'll, I'll do one more. Sure. This one is from a, a German poet um, called Rainier Maria Wilke. And it's called Autumn Day. Lord, it is time. The summer was immense. Lay your shadows on the sundials and let loose the wind in the fields. Bid the last fruits to fall. Give them another two more southerly days. Press them to ripeness and shape the last sweetness into the heavy wine. Whoever has no house now will not build one anymore. Whoever is alone now will remain so for a long time. Will stay up, read, write long letters, and wander the avenues up and down relentlessly while the leaves are blowing. (laughs) That bears the weight of autumn for sure, Misha. Who was that again? Right, that heaviness of the fruits and of the season, of the weather, all there. Man, that's rough. Yeah. Wow. Who was a German poet, you said? Yeah, Wilke, Wilke he's, a, he's just amazing. And actually, um, part of the Elegy Beta, my book, is a response to his poems. Um, oh, that's interesting. The Duino Elegies. Huh. So, so I was thinking uh, about him probably in the background. I see. So Wilke is a muse in some way. Yeah, you could say that. I've been following him around for maybe 15 years now in, in a serious way. Um, it's, he's dangerous, though, for me anyways. For someone with a temperament like mine, he's dangerous because... He had a difficult um, and, and often amoral sort of life um, in a way that's exactly romantic in a way that's, that's tempting for me to, to right. join up on. Right. Yes. Well, let, recognize let, that, yes. Listen, poets are always dangerous. They, yes, they uh, listen, are. Every great authoritarian <laughs> leader from the beginning of time knew that the poets were dangerous. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's Misha. exactly right. Get them to shut up and everything will be fine. <laughs> no, no, right. no, no. We need poets more than we anything, don't. especially yeah, we today. Do. Misha, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time and for your beauty, for uh, the work that you do. Always good. Thanks so much, friends. Misha Willett. Look for him online. MishaWillett.com. Parents, let's be honest. Many high school and college-age kids seem to have little direction these days. That might be true for your son or daughter. They spend a lot of time gaming, hanging with friends, but nothing seems to lead them on a path to adulthood. You may want them to go to a four-year university, but their grades just don't warrant it. Their lack of passion and direction makes you wonder if a four-year university would even be a wise investment. 
Here's a better route to consider. The Facilities Management HVAC or Electronics Training Program available through SalemCareerHub.com. They'll learn real-life work skills that are marketable and in high demand right now. And at SalemCareerHub.com, you can sign up for these courses at 50% off their regular price. Talk it over with your kids and get them out of the basement. They're probably as anxious as you are to move forward and just need a little push. The place to start? SalemCareerHub.com. You can also call 866-711-6275. 866-711-6275. Or SalemCareerHub.com. What kind of burdens did you have to carry when you were a kid? Were you ever hungry, ever cold, ever afraid of being abused by the ones you love, or being abandoned or left alone? How much can you bear when you're just a child? Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 6.2 Right now, there's a child or teen who is struggling with burdens too big for anyone to carry alone. But as a Christian foster parent, you can share those burdens and, more importantly, begin to lay them down at the foot of the cross. As a Christian foster parent, your example can make an eternal difference in the life of a child or teen. To learn how you can make a difference as a Christian foster parent, call the Bear Foundation today. Call 412-341-6850. 412-341-6850. On the web at christianfostercare.org. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshares. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, well, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sounds crazy, right? Well, the crazy thing is, this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-881-4242. USA Today has released their their category of best places to go see fall foliage hmm. and the laurel highlands has ranked third no, nationwide that's wonderful third nationwide now um I, I see the article in today's trib the best spots to see fall foliage so if you want to grab a copy of it you can because there's a lot of great spots now okay uh they're taking a drive look for your own fall foliage favorite laurel highlands scenic byway Route 711 and 381 headed south from Seward to Farmington. All right. Okay. Uh, we were just there not that long ago. Route 30 heading east from Latrobe to the Flight 93 National mm. Memorial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, Flight uh, Route 381, Ligonier Township. Route 40 heading from Uniontown to Fort Necessity. I don't know that. Okay. Uh, for a longer trip, Two options, exit 91 of the Donegal, uh, Pennsylvania Turnpike. There's a southern loop about 70 miles and two and a half miles, two and a half hours of driving time. Okay. There's also a northern loop about 125 miles and four hours of driving time. 
Now, um, if you're not driving and you want to take a hike, uh, state parks and for- uh, area state parks, Forbes State Forest, great places to take a hike. Beam Rocks, which is a short hike from uh, Laurel Summit Road in Forbes State Forest. Wolf Rocks, which is a four-mile round trip at Laurel Summit State Park. And Spruce's Flats Bog, it's a quarter-mile walk from Laurel Summit State Park parking lot. So again, all these places. I mean, Laurel Highlands, we know it's how beautiful it is. Mm-hmm. The best spots to see fall foliage is in today's Tribune Review. Shirley McMarlin is the author of that. So looks to be a great weekend. And the leaves are changing here locally. Yeah, I mean, they at least are. in the city. Yep. So I wonder how leaves are in the country. Yep. All right. Let us take a break for the 5 o'clock hour. We're going to talk about parenting in a pandemic Eek. during the 5 o'clock hour. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The White House is boosting its offer in up-and-down COVID-19 aid talks in hopes of an agreement before Election Day. President Trump taking to Twitter to declare COVID relief negotiations are moving along, go big. A top economic advisor says the Trump team is tipping its offer in advance, or upping its offer in advance to a conversation between Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. President Trump says the Federal Emergency Management Agency is prepared as Hurricane Delta continues to churn toward the southwestern Louisiana coast. It's now about 50 miles south-southwest of Cameron, Louisiana, with Top sustained winds of 105 miles per hour. Stocks rose again today. The Dow up 161 points. The Nasdaq up 158. This is SRN News. My name is Bernadette, and I am a parishioner at St. Joseph's on the Brandywine. Joe Biden has been part of our parish for more than 40 years. Our sons became friends when they were in first grade. And ever since, I've known Joe and the entire Biden family. Even now, when Joe's back home, we see him at Mass on Sunday. You can tell how important Joe's faith is to him. It's what motivates everything. Joe's beliefs, his values, the kind of president Joe would be. Joe Biden knows what it means to be your brother's keeper, to care for those around you and lift up those who are suffering. Their values Joe learned from his mom and dad and from the nuns who taught Joe his Catholic faith. That's Joe Biden, a man guided by faith. I'm Joe Biden, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Biden for president. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children 
and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Help at Home, formerly XL Home Care, is proud to offer benefits to heroes of home care, including hero pay and hero sign-on bonuses. Any caregiver who joins the Help at Home team is eligible for a hero pay $500 sign-on bonus, plus ongoing bonus pay. They know it's been a difficult time. Help at Home wants to make sure you get the hero pay you deserve. Give them a call today and find out more, or go to helpathomepa.com. That's helpathomepa.com. Are you the type of person that values hand-built quality? Do you shop with local businesses because you know your purchase supports your neighbors? Or maybe you research before making a purchase because you know better than to trust the marketing hype. If any of this sounds familiar, you just might be an Original Mattress Factory customer. At OMF, we value our amazing customers and work hard to exceed their expectations every day. Visit an OMF store near you or OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Tonight, partly cloudy and mild with a low 58. Tomorrow, warm with times of clouds and sun and a high 77. Cloudy and mild tomorrow night with a low of 60. Sunday, a thick cloud cover with occasional rain in the afternoon and a high of 74. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for the Friday edition of The Ride Home. During the uh, the 4 o'clock break, the, you know, the top of the 4 o'clock, or the, the end of the 4 o'clock hour as we go into 5 o'clock, Kath has disclosed recently to Mike and I that she is taking the opportunity, while we're during this break, to do 30 push-ups. 30 oh push-ups. You know what I just did? I went downstairs and had a snack. <laughs> I went downstairs, opened up the fridge, had myself a dill pickle nice, and three milk duds. You did not have all those. How do you pick- have a pickle and you wash it down with a milk dud? That's gross. Three. Three milk duds. That's gross. John. I think it worked fine. That's and you're sick. in there suffering. <laughs> having I had a hard time push-ups. getting to, I got to be honest, I had a hard time getting to 30 today. Hey, no wonder. That's a lot of push-ups. I get, to, I get to 27, and I'm like, I can't do it. I oh, yeah. can't do it. Yeah, that's where the bustle build comes in, yeah. right? That's suffering yeah, in guess. there. Uh, did you do 30? Yeah. Good for you, man, because that's happily. a strain. Goodness. Well, next time I have a pickle. Okay. Just saying. <laughs> Thank you. That's a great idea. All right. And a milk dud or two. Oh. Hey, we talked about uh, our friend uh, Tunch, Tunch Yokin, uh, made an announcement last night with Ron Moore at the Bible Chapel that Tunch is uh, – He's uh, tested positive for ALS. That's a Lou Gehrig disease. And uh, boy, our hearts and our certainly our prayers go out to Tunch because he's a heck of a guy, isn't he, Kath? He's just been the uh, model giver since the day I met him mm-hmm. and way before I met him. I mean, he's just he's given of effort and time and great humor. And, you know, his football IQ is, of course, you know, off the charts and uh, he shared his faith journey for so long with so many people, you know, mm-hmm. from the very first moment he heard about Jesus from Craig Wolfley. I mean, they've told us that story in studio a bunch of times. And we, you know, there's just, there's so many beautiful moments um, that I've 
heard from Tunch and that I've experienced when I've been with him, the death of his wife, um, the wonderful way that he communicated the beauty of her life at her memorial service. I'll never mm-hmm. forget that. Yeah. Um, and just, I mean, callous things over the years. Yep. So uh, in your daily prayers, uh, put Tunch in there because uh, he's going to start a long journey here. That, uh, of course, if you know anything about Lou Gehrig's disease and ALS, this is not going to be an easy battle. But certainly our prayers are with Tunch. Yeah, we love you, Tunch. We're with yeah, you. Yeah, we sure do. Yeah, I saw a thing today from the good people at the Pew Research Center, and they've asked this question. What lessons do Americans see for humanity in the pandemic? Hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? Okay. I mean, we have not talked about, you know, not many people, especially large organizations like Pew, have talked about the pandemic in spiritual terms, uh, how it affects all of society. So here's, here's the deal. Pew found out that the vast majority of United States adults think the pandemic provides lessons for humanity. 35% of the people who responded says, yes, they believe that the pandemic lesson was sent by God. Okay. 37% say they know, no, they do not believe the lesson was sent by God. 13% who responded do not believe in God. And 13% said, no, they don't believe that there is a lesson for humankind to learn from the, uh, the outbreak at all. So Pew, what they did was they sought to learn. This is from the, their uh, website. They sought to explore questions in this survey uh, mid-July on the American Trends panel. And they, had, they asked people um, to the first question, a large majority of adults say that there's some kind of lesson. They asked the respondents who said yes to the first question to describe in their own words what lesson they think humankind should learn. And uh, as you might imagine, it, you know, it sort of runs the gamut. People say, we should humble ourselves before God. Amen. Someone says, we need to pray more and pray harder. Someone says, we should use this time to know God better. Uh, among those who say that there is a lesson about religion with this in this pandemic – Respondents point to the role that God has in our lives. For um, a 53-year-old woman, she says, whether you believe in it or not, God is in control, and we must have God at the center of our lives. He is our Savior. And uh, other lessons, they say, well, um, what about God in the midst of pain and suffering? Because a lot of people responded to that, that this is a long, hard lesson for people and people push back against an ever-loving God because so many people have passed away and because there is so much suffering. Yeah. So I, I, we don't have time to go through the whole event, but if you go to Pew, pewforum.org, it's an insight into where we are as a community of, of just American citizens, not even necessarily as believers, although believers do take center stage in this survey, but to see where we are and how we espouse belief, uh, good and bad, heartbreak and joy in the midst of the pandemic. The good people at uh, Pew, Pew Foundation. Good questions to ask, John. Yes. But look, if there's no purpose in what we're going through, then that is a hopeless life. Well, of course, we know that there's a purpose, right? There's a purpose in everything that we do every day. And, uh, you know, the, your heart breaks for people who are admired in this in this situation. Can you imagine going through this and not having a relationship or not having that rock to lean on because there, of course, there are many things that are unanswered about this, 
But if you believe that God yeah, is with us. Pretty much everything is unanswered about this. Yeah. There's but if you believe that, that is, God is with us. There's not much that is answered about it. And that God is in this, of course, you know, those answers will be made clear someday. And that hope is what sustains us in these darkest of times. Yeah. Hope is what sustains us. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Amen to that. Speaking of hope and faith, if you have children, especially small children in this pandemic, how are you working through this? Drew Dick is with us in just a few minutes. He's our next guest here on The Ride Home. He's going to talk about parenting in a pandemic. That's next here on The Ride Home, Friday edition on Word FM. Well, we were just talking about the beautiful fall foliage, and of course, the weather is perfect this weekend to take a drive. And if you're going to take a drive to see fall foliage, why not make the destination the Spring House in Washington, PA? Marcia, welcome back from the Spring House. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing today? Good. What's Great Pumpkin Weekend going to look like, Marsh? Oh, it looks like a lot of fun. We've had Good. so much fun the last couple of weekends, and You know, we're doing the social distancing with the wagons, so um, we're selling tickets online. We've reserved a few. So you might get here, and you might have to wait a little bit for a wagon that's going to have space for you, but there's plenty to do. We have pumpkin land. We have the baby calves. We have the hillside slides and the big giant bales to climb on. And then when you get on the wagon, you go right up to the pumpkin patch, pick your perfect pumpkin, climb up and come down the tube slides down up there, and the big giant corn maze has cow signs all through it, all kinds of cow facts so you can find your way through. Um, and then we have a kitty maze, so it's our No Child Left Behind maze, in and out. And um, and then we're having a great meal, too. It's a, We have a crazy cow meal deal going on and a, and a calf-sized kids' meals. And then on Sunday, we do our annual every Sunday in October hog roast, and we've got a great um, pit-roasted pork, barbecue pork, pork and sauerkraut, and all the fixings kind of meal on Sunday, too. Man, so that sounds fabulous. Fun. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. Fun and good food at the Springhouse. Listen, Mike Duffy's going to head on down there this weekend, Marcia. Him and, his, him and his family, they're going to explore the great pumpkin at the Springhouse. If you see Mike, so give him a good wave. Very nice. Yes, I'll do that. That'll be great. Excellent. Marcia, always fun. Thanks for being with us here today. Thank you. Get on down to the Springhouse. W-O-R-D. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. It is our pride that sets us up for huge failure and spiritual falling. And if we neglect spiritual discipline, then we are in danger of defeat. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint, tonight at 9.30 on 101.5 WORD. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. 
Snackrun.com. James Brown and Bill Cower welcoming you back to the Midnight Snack Run. This is one tricky obstacle course. Uh-oh. He's eyeballing a jar of candy. That is tempting right off the start. But he pushes it away. He's approaching a plate of iced cookies. He blows right by him for the apple. Oh, the fridge. Looks like he's headed for the soda. Wait, he jukes left, grabs the water bottle. That's the way you execute a Midnight Snack Run. Stand up to cancer and rally. Want you to reduce your risk for cancer. Go to takeahealthystand.org. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Well, the good news, at least for Kath and I, is in the midst of this pandemic, our kids are grown. So our problems, even though, you know, they're still kids and they're suffering through this like all kids are, at least they're not, you know, hanging on to our, uh, our pant leg and screaming and yelling. Right. There's something to be said for that calf. We've been there. We've done that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've looked at friends and family who have little kids and thought, oh, my gosh, this must be so hard. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, Drew Dick is with us. He is a writer and editor at Moody Publishers, author of Yawning at Tigers. His latest work is called Your Future Self Will Thank You Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science. Drew? Welcome back. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this uh, conversation. Yeah, we're looking at you as the ultimate authority, Drew. So thank goodness you've joined us. <laughs> well, I hope I don't disappoint you. And I should no, say, no, no, you know, yes. I, I am in the thick, the thick of, <laughs> of parenting small children. We've got a nine-year-old, a six-year-old, and a two-year-old. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, this has been an interesting time. But I should say at the outset that everything that I say I am doing, it's usually my wife, my saintly wife, Grace, who's actually doing it because mm-hmm. uh, she's she's uh, taking care of the lion's share of the parenting during this pandemic. So she's a saint. I mean, listen, <laughs> listen, Drew, like we don't know that. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Exactly. No, it's the same way when I say I am going to make a, a dish for the church picnic or I am going to buy a present for my mom. Right. I really mean Grace. God bless you. Like all men, you've got a strong woman right there with you, Drew. You married well, my friend. I sure do. Yes. Listen, Drew, before we way up. Yeah, listen, before we talk about parenting, I just have to put in a parenthetical statement that one day, uh, shortly before Thanksgiving, about five years ago, we were on the air and I said something to John about the fact that I was going to make a pumpkin pie with a store bought pie crust. Mm. And he said, Why are you buying? a pie crust in the grocery store. Yeah, why would you do that? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, making a pie crust is easy. And I said, when have you ever made a pie crust? And he said, well, Rhonda makes it all the time. Yeah, it's my wife. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's easy, pretty easy to easy. cook, isn't she it? makes it, yeah. Get I mean, Drew, I mean, cooking totally. is so easy. Yeah. I'm sitting on the couch in the living room, honey, what are you making? And she tells me, and I go, yeah, that's good. <laughs> What the heck? That's right. I should say though, I'm an exceptional e- I'm an exceptional eater, and so if you don't have someone to eat the stuff, you know, cooking cooking. Oh boy. <laughs> you do you do contribute, don't you? 
All right, exactly. Drew, so you've got three little kids, as you've said. They're super cute. They're super duper cute. Does that help in the pandemic? Not really. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm over their cuteness. No, it, it, it does, actually, because, I mean, yeah, if, if anyone else did the kind of things they did to me, like wake me up in the middle of the night or, or throw food at me, uh, and they weren't that cute, uh, we probably wouldn't get along. So, yeah, the cuteness is good. Uh, but, you know, like a lot of people, um, we got the news uh, here late summer that there was going to be no in-person school in our area. And so we were kind of like, okay, do we do the Zoom option? And we decided against that we're doing the homeschooling. So that adds a whole nother level of stress right. to it. And one thing we like to do, though, is, is we start the day with a little bit of scripture reading. And Grace uh, gave him a great lesson on uh, the fruit of the Spirit, you know, Galatians uh, 5. And it was funny because I could hear it. I was in my office at this time, but I could hear it. And they got in this massive fight in the middle of a lesson on the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> and... <laughs> So I don't know what that means. Uh, you know, it's, and I can hear Grace uh, pleading with them saying, that's not gentleness, as they were like, you know, trying to that tear is each other's so, hair out. Listen, isn't that, isn't that humbling? <laughs> we, we stayed home from church one time when our kids were little, and my husband was giving this like mini sermon. And like maybe, I don't know, 10 minutes in, five minutes in, our older daughter started crying, like weeping, sobbing. We stopped. I said, honey, why are you crying? She said, because I can't understand the Trinity. Now, sadly, he wasn't talking. He wasn't talking about the Trinity. He wasn't talking about the Trinity. It's not like that was part of his sermon. It was just some existential crisis at that moment she had, and I thought, I don't think we're good at this. Mm-mm, mm-mm, that's bad. Well, I'm, no, I'm impressed that she was grappling with the mystery of the Trinity. I think that's a win right there. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so Drew, a, a nine-year-old, a six-year-old, a two-year-old, and you're all there together. I mean. Is there any buffer room? Is there any escape for you? You're homeschooling. So is it family, 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 24-7? Yeah, pretty much. You know, that's that's the the biggest challenge, I think, is just the, the constant nature of it, right? You don't really get a break from each other. Uh, I am a little more lucky because I work, I work from home, but I can kind of escape into my office, even though that doesn't always work. They, they uh, get in here as well. Uh, but yeah, I think that's one of the biggest challenges. So something Grace and I have done is we, we will spell each other off usually every evening. So I'll take the kids for an hour or so. Grace goes out mm. with a friend or just goes for a walk. Uh, and she does the same for me. And that, that really helps. Just that hour Good. or two break from the family. right? And then, and this is something that, you know, I don't think about, but it's true. The kids need a break from us. And so whenever we can drop them off with, you know, grandma and grandpa or their uncle and aunt who live nearby, we're fortunate in that sense. We got family right in the area. But, man, that's that's great for them just to mix it up uh, and get get a change of scenery for them to keep their sanity, too. Yeah, I mean, what you guys are playing so many roles, you know, everything from teacher to principal to crossing guard to, you know, cafeteria lunch lady. I mean, it's like everything. I can understand the fact that everybody's a little sick of everybody. Yes, and it's hard sometimes, especially for the kids, to understand those different roles. So I'll say, you know, when they're doing school in the middle of the day, I say, now, if you were at school, would you really tear off your clothes, lie on the floor and kick and scream? Probably not. you got to teach, you got to treat mom like she's your teacher right now. Right. <laughs> but there's that's, that high love level of yeah. comfort. <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway, so oh. it's a challenge. 
Okay, so then how does that work? I mean, uh, with the three of you, three kids together and you and your wife, I mean, it's got to be kind of tense at some point, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, there's, I mean, there's a lot of uh, screaming and crying. Uh, the crying's from me. No, I, we're, we're making it work. You know, one thing that's helped, though, honestly, and this was Grace's idea, it was genius, is to, she made this, like, big cardboard schedule that she put up on the wall in the living room. And it's got a schedule for the kids, right? So it's like, okay, from, you know, 9 to 10, you're going to be doing your math or whatever, and then you get a recess. And then so the whole day, at least, from like 9 to 3.30, I think, is all scheduled out. And and kids are rule junkies. Like, they love that. You can kind of refer them like, hey, what are you doing? You can't be bouncing the ball against the wall. You're supposed to be doing your reading right now. You know, like, see, and you can kind of refer back to the schedule. So that's been magical. I asked Grace if she'd make one for me because I think that'd be helpful too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. But she hasn't help? done that so far. <laughs> so, Drew, do you have a pandemic bubble? I mean, are there other kids, other families that you're hanging with? Man, that's been the toughest thing, right? Is um, especially seeing the kids longing for uh, a time when they can have some some time with other kids and initially we were kind of you know we were pretty strict about the lockdown like okay hey listen we can't hang out with the neighbor kids uh and so what we've done um is have these kind of prearranged play dates with a couple other families that we know are being very careful and we do them outdoors right so it's not you're not inside that kind of minimizes the risk somewhat but man i've never gotten so acquainted with our local parks and you know outdoor things uh but that's that's essential not just to get that playtime in with some other kids, but just to get outside and get them moving and get some of that energy out of their system. Uh, we found that's really refreshing and valuable. What part of the country are you in? We're in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. We're just 20 minutes north of Portland, Oregon. That's kind of nice because there's plenty of awesome things to oh, do. Yeah. Now, I'm kind of like a little nervous because we're headed into the, the crazy rainy season, right? So that's right. going to be a little tougher to find those outdoor activities. We might have to get the rain boots out and, and, and brave the rain. But the summer has been nice that way because most days have been sunny and you can get outside and do some stuff together as a family. Yeah. We're talking with Drew Dick. He's an, a writer. Your future self will thank you. Secrets to self-control from the Bible and brain science. Uh, I, I would imagine that there is an opportunity, right, People were, want to do things on Zoom. Uh, so uh, are you being sold any virtual things for your kids to get together with? I mean, is, is that a reality? There, there's probably a lot of people sort of pitching stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it's funny because yesterday um, I was getting these emails. My, my son had participated in a basketball camp a year ago. And now they're, they're trying to sell me on getting him to sign up for a virtual basketball camp. And I'm trying to wrap my head around how that would work. <laughs> what is that all about? Is that about? called like a video game? Or, <laughs> yeah, you stand in front of the computer and dribble the basketball. I don't know. I wasn't buying it. So we tend yeah. to kind of try to minimize the Zooming. Now, we ha they have been able to connect with some of their friends through like, you know, Facebook chat or whatever. And that's been great. Uh, but man, right now, um, some of the, the education they're doing is online. And so when you got these like six year olds, like looking at a computer screen for half the day, I try to cut that down as much as possible. Because right. I just think, you know, the jury's still out on the long term effects of too much screen time for them. Yeah, yeah. Drew, tell us about church. Um, have you gone? Are, are you going in person or not or what? So, yeah, our, we have not been. Our church just 
started meeting last week and we didn't go because it was one of these situations where you can only have so many people and they're spread out mm-hmm. and there's no child care. So with our kids, we kind of thought, okay, well, and they're still doing the streaming service. And yeah, I'm going to make a confession here. It's terrible. I hope my pastor isn't listening because initially, you know, we tried to jump on the live stream and they're doing a great job. But here's the thing with little kids, man, they're, I mean, looking at a laptop of a guy talking, uh, you know, uh, is a tough sell. And so that would last like five minutes. So what I ended up doing is, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to take my Bible out and we're going to do a little church service right in the living room here. And so I, you know, I'd preach a sermon and we'd, they'd listen for, you know, 30 seconds and then start running around and I'd say, sit still. Mm-hmm. Darn it, I'm trying to teach you about the love of God. Shut up. No. Uh, and so, uh, <laughs> there, there were some ironies there, but uh, it, it was an interesting experience. No, it was actually it was great, man. And, and listen, if you want to teach the Bible, you try teaching little kids. That's the best training in the world. Yeah. You can because right. they're not nice. They're not courteous. They're not going to pretend that they're listening when they're not. So that's a great experience. Anyway, and we sing a song and stuff. So it's actually been a nice family time to just kind of, yeah, Sunday mornings, uh, get that. And we, we talk about, hey, we look forward to reuniting with our, our larger church uh, family. Uh, but in the meantime, we've been having this little home church, is what we call it. It's been really sweet. Right. Okay, so it's then all 20... fine. It's all fine until someone starts to cry over the Trinity. Keep that in mind. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Drew, then, uh, 20 That's years great. from now or so, when you walk your daughter down the aisle, right before you walk down the aisle, will she, will she turn to you and say, Dad, does time, that time we had during the pandemic was magical? Or, Dad, I've never forgiven you for that dime, time during the pandemic. Uh, hopefully the former. Uh, although, with my daughters, I've told them they can't get married till they're 40. So, you know, it's hmm. going to be a little more than 20 years. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? I've thought about that a lot. Like, okay, this is such an interesting time, especially for kids that are in a formative phase. And, and we're going through this national crisis together. And how is it impacting their imagination? And how much do you tell them? And, and for a while, I was watching the nightly news, and they'd be you know, listening or watching, too. And all of a sudden, I realized, you know what? I need to stop doing this because I don't know how you handle this when you are in first grade and you're getting all these scary messages and, and seeing the death toll of the coronavirus and all this stuff. So I think there is a role for kind of protecting them from some of the reality of it and what's going on, um, just because, yeah, that. You, you don't want them to be exposed to too much. And yet at the same time, kids are resilient. So I'm hoping overall yeah, it's yeah. going to be a good experience that they, they look back and think of the time, how we were all together so much. Right. I know. I think that's a good way to look at it. What about the, um, what about the mask thing? Like, are you, I mean, I think we all agree that just the whole thing about like, don't make me wear a mask is so silly and precious. Mask. I mean, what is the big freaking deal? Just put it on. Um, but what, so what's, do, you, yeah. do, you, do your kids like hate it? Are they used to it? What's that about? Yeah, that's been interesting too. Cause yeah, I'm pro mask. It's like, Hey, let's do it. What's it's not that big a deal. Um, and, and so of course, when you, and it's mandated out here, uh, when you go into an establishment, a public establishment, you're going to be wearing a mask. And actually the, the two bigger kids, the nine and six year old, uh, they got it down. I mean, the, the, we had to get these like smaller masks for my daughter because they didn't like, they just kind of hang off her ears because they're too big. <laughs> and, um, so they get it now. Uh, of course the baby that's, that's impossible. So, I mean, she's, uh, I call her baby, I guess she's a toddler now, right? She's, uh, too. But, um, 
yeah. And yet it's funny that she'll pick it up because she sees us all doing it and kind of puts it on, but she'll wear it for maybe 10 seconds in a place and then that thing's coming off. <laughs> so that's been an interesting experience. So there are certain things we're just not doing at the time. Like, I don't know, probably, probably we won't fly until this thing is, is, uh, is over just because, you know, getting all these kids onto a plane and trying to keep oh their masks on for hours. Just, yeah. yeah. That seems like a Herculean task. <laughs> doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> well, you know, I have to say in closing that your tweet the other day, you said, I believe, and I'm doing this from memory, so I'm not sure, but it was something like this. You believe 90% of parenting is just saying, oh, you're fine. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I was actually putting them to bed when I tweeted that, I remember. And mm-hmm. one was saying, I have a tummy ache. And one was saying, oh, I can't sleep. It's too hot. And, you know. I'm like, you're, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. I just got that rapid fire. And you, and you know what? 99% of the time they are fine. And, and I probably right. need to hear that too myself. <laughs> you're fine. Well, we'll get through this. Well, Drew, Drew, thanks for being with us today. You're fine. You yeah. are. You're fine. <laughs> Thank you. I needed to hear that. Mm-hmm. We <laughs> all fine do. Too. Yes. Mm-hmm. The great reassurance. Drew Dick, he is the author of Yawning at Tigers, his latest. Your future self will thank you. Secrets to self-control from the Bible and brain science. Drew Dick. Take a break. Come back. Next, we're going to do our feature today. Does this make sense? Does it make sense? What kind of burdens did you have to carry when you were a kid? Were you ever hungry, ever cold, ever afraid of being abused by the ones you love, or being abandoned or left alone? How much can you bear when you're just a child? Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 6.2 Right now, there's a child or teen who is struggling with burdens too big for anyone to carry alone. But as a Christian foster parent, you can share those burdens and, more importantly, begin to lay them down at the foot of the cross. As a Christian foster parent, your example can make an eternal difference in the life of a child or teen. To learn how you can make a difference as a Christian foster parent, call the Bear Foundation today. Call 412-341-6850. 412-341-6850. On the web at christianfostercare.org. When does a person get rights? When a person is a person. All across our nation, our nation is divided. In our homes, in social media, everywhere you turn. But what is at the heart of this division? In the new movie, Divided Hearts of America, Super Bowl champion and executive producer Benjamin Watson searches for the truth. This is one of the worst possible choices that any woman and her family has to make. You'll discover why the most polarizing debate of this century boils down to the sacred dignity of human life. There is no personhood under law for fetuses. We don't have that in this country. With Divided Hearts of America, you'll learn what you need to be armed to fight what divides us and come to a place of real unity with empathy, healing, and real hope. Be part of the change and watch Divided Hearts of America. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase. Use promo code FAMILY for 20% off. SalemNow.com promo code FAMILY. This November, here's to the straggly mustaches, the lopsided ones, the oddly sexy ones, the itchy, patchy, raggedy ones, the peach fuzz ones, the hey, I look good with this ones, the scruffy ones, the black, blonde, red, and gray ones, the ones grown by dad, the ones grown for dad. 
They all raise awareness, raise funds, start conversations, and save lives. Because whatever you grow will save a bro. Learn more at Movember.com. Our world needs hope like never before. But lives change for the better when hope breaks through. We always like to begin with the Word of God because it is the power unto salvation. Help Cornerstone Television Network light up our city with the truth and hope of the gospel. Alongside special guests Joan Hunter, Mike Smalley, Pat Schatzline, Keenan Bridges, and Real Talk Kim. Watch the Hope Breaks Through Partnership broadcast October 12th through 16th at 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television Network. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Play the Word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com. Tonight, partly cloudy and mild with a low 58. Tomorrow, warm with times of clouds and sun and a high 77. Cloudy and mild tomorrow night with a low of 60. Sunday, a thick cloud cover with occasional rain in the afternoon and a high of 74. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. past week, Kath and I, at this time of day, have asked each other this question. Does this make sense? When you look at the eternity of creation, poets, priests, engineers, look at the world and ask that question. Does this make sense? So, Kath, we ask ourselves this question again. Mm-hmm. What is your question? Governor Wolf's restrictions. For how many people, John, can be at an outdoor facility? 25% of maximum capacity if your facility holds 1 to 2,000 people. 20% of maximum capacity for a facility that holds 2,001 to 10,000. 15% or a limit of 7,500 people for a facility that holds 10,000. I feel like the numbers are going in the wrong direction and also we could just put a flat percentage i don't understand so i look at these numbers i hold them up to you right now since we're on zoom together and i say john does this make sense listen they used to make little wallet cards for people who can't figure out the percentage of a tip (laughs) so i look at that and think most people are just really bad at percentages and math in general. Right. So if you want to go to an event, show up. For the most part, myself, I look at that math and I go, it's not worth it. I think I'm going to stay home. So it doesn't make sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. John, would you like to share with me your question? What are you wondering about today? Does this make sense? Weeding. <laughs> Weeding? I mean, everyone likes a nice-looking garden or lawn, but all summer long, since the grass has risen, the flowers have bloomed, I now have this anxiety where I'm worried about the weeds. Yeah, you should be, because weeding, yes, makes sense, John. I hearken to disagree, Kat. It's the foundation of what we're doing out in our small plot. Listen, nature takes care of itself. And nature does not need us to weed. The weeds will come and go as the lilies of the field. 
all is fine. It's just a matter of aesthetic. Just you're not get even, over it. You're not even going to see the lilies of the field mm. if you don't weed. Yes, we- I say weeding makes sense. Okay, I say weeding does not make sense. Stick around. The week in review. What was everybody talking about? A conversation that made you think? Something you ate? Kathy and I will delve into that next. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy on Word FM. 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Can you explain to others why you believe in Jesus? They're the same reasons I want to give to you. Many of you who are already sure that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. But to reinforce your faith and to help you to share with others because we live in a shrinking world and many have never heard the gospel that we've heard. Join us for Adrian Rogers' series, Standing for Light and Truth, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. My name is Bernadette, and I am a parishioner at St. Joseph's on the Brandywine. Joe Biden has been part of our parish for more than 40 years. Our sons became friends when they were in first grade, and ever since, I've known Joe and the entire Biden family. Even now, when Joe's back home, we see him at Mass on Sunday. You can tell how important Joe's faith is to him. It's what motivates everything. Joe's beliefs, his values, the kind of president Joe would be. Joe Biden knows what it means to be your brother's keeper, to care for those around you and lift up those who are suffering. Their values Joe learned from his mom and dad and from the nuns who taught Joe his Catholic faith. That's Joe Biden, a man guided by faith. I'm Joe Biden candidate for president and i approve this message paid for by biden for president help at home formerly excel home care is proud to offer benefits to heroes of home care including hero pay and hero sign on bonuses any caregiver who joins the help at home team is eligible for a hero pay 500 sign on bonus plus ongoing bonus pay we know it's been a difficult time help at home wants to make sure you get the hero pay you deserve give us a call today to find out more or go to helpathomepa.com that's helpathomepa.com This is Albert Bowler with another word about the upcoming election. There is so much at stake. We might not be able to vote as conveniently as we voted before, but that just puts on Christian citizens the responsibility to work even harder to make sure that we vote and that our vote counts. Too much is at stake to sit this election out. So, whatever it takes, go vote. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. It's been another week. That means it's time for John and Kathy's Week in Review. What was everyone talking about this week? Clearly, everyone was talking about President Trump and COVID. Right. That was the top story by far and away this week. 
I thought that the vice presidential debate would make a dent in that news cycle, and it really didn't. No, it did not. Now, today, of course, people are talking about Tunch, and rightfully so. So God bless Tunch. Keep him in your prayers. Mike? What was a conversation that made you think? Tuesday at 4.35, John, we talked to Melissa Kruger, and she wrote a piece called You Have Permission to Lead an Ordinary Life. I thought it was so good. It's just, it's such a good reminder that, you know, all, it seems like everybody in this generation is searching to make, quote unquote, make an impact, right? Or to be an influencer or, and it's just this agonizing cycle of watching people try to be social media stars or try to have the edgiest opinion or try to be the most angry or to try to be the most compassionate or the most just or whatever it is. It just seems like chasing after wind, And I just really appreciated her piece. You know what? Step back. Realize how small and insignificant you are. It doesn't mean you don't matter, but it also doesn't mean that you have to be a YouTube influencer to mean anything. That's good. That's very good. Uh, I've been thinking this past week about uh, Rod Dreher and our conversation Mm, with Rod about his new work called Live Not By Lies. You know, um, years ago, maybe three years or so ago, Rod wrote uh, The Benedict Option. And Live Not By Lies in some ways is an extension of The Benedict Option. Because in The Benedict Option, Rod talked about living in the the monastery in our heart, which includes, you know, um, the the, the Christian won't be um, bullied into violating um, uh, liturgy and sacraments and, mm-hmm. you know, catechesis, catechesis mm-hmm. all those things, memories, family ties. And those are important that we live not by lies as we see the culture now changing. And in many ways, not to be, you know, alarmist or reactionary, turning against Christendom. So what responsibility do we have as believers in Christ to live authentic and to follow along in those precepts that have been handed down from generation to generation that if we were reactionary would think that they are quickly fading away from American culture and world culture. So yeah, that conversation with Rod Dreher, I thought about a lot. That's good. Next. What did you eat? Listen, I found a new product that I am really actually two that I am excited about. The first one is Trader Joe's has a type of hummus that is flavored as buffalo, okay? So the same seasoning you would taste on buffalo chicken or wings is now transferred into a delicious hummus. That's not too much? I love it. Really? All right. I'm very excited about the buffalo hummus at Trader Joe's. And also, while I'm talking about Trader Joe's, I might as well tell you about the avocado tzatziki dip Mm. that I got today that has a dash of hot sauce in it. Hmm. Very nice. Yeah. Trader Joe's. Okay, thumbs up. It'll wake that. you up a little. It is delish. Nice. Excellent. All right. Uh, this week, now left my own devices, you know, <laughs> I got nothing. But my wife made this week for me a uh, spicy, creamy shrimp pasta that was. You I mean, are I could, so lucky. I couldn't get enough of it. See, all I want to do is like have my mouth a wide extension and just shovel that in. (laughs) It was so delicious. So the spicy, creamy shrimp pasta from Rhonda June. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Mm. some good eating at the Hall household. What did you watch? (laughs) 
I've got a very strange uh, obsession that I'm currently running in the evenings. Yeah. Well. Um, I've got two series that I'm into, and they could not be more different. Oh. But they both include murder. I mean, horrific oh. murders. Really? I'm, I, I mean, listen. So I'm watching, on one hand, The Closer. Remember that show, Kira Sedgwick? It was on forever. No. Network show. Do I don't know the show. It's like no. one of it's one of the most popular, like as far as what viewers loved, one of the most popular TV shows ever. Really? Oh. And I thought to my I thought I've seen I was like, it's what? so popular. I wonder if I should watch that, kind of see what it's like. Anyway, so I started watching that. It's pretty gruesome. What? Let me just say that. I'm only like four episodes in. It's a little rough. This is not the show you want to watch with your kids. Okay. Okay. All right. On the other hand, I'm deep into Midsummer Murders, which is a British thing, like Jeez. Masterpiece Theater. The <laughs> now, listen, it's much lighter. It is much, much lighter. Really? But again, I'm just, I'm amused at the, you know, the preponderance of murder in both. See, things. I don't get that. That murder thing, I don't, it doesn't resonate with me. The yeah, murder well, mystery, I mean, I the CSI kind of thing, yeah. all that I'm stuff. I'm not CSI. I'm not into that, no. I but I am into these two currently. All right. Uh, we watched the film this week, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Hmm. Never I heard of it. it. It's PG-13, so good for, you know, kids, the older kids. It takes the cliche of a familiar story of the plucky kid with the crusty geezer, and it spins it charming and funny. And it really is a drama that's masquerading as a comedy. Sam Neill is the big name in oh, it. Oh, I love him. But love him. it's fabulous. It's a really great PG-13. So, you know, there are some things, but it really is a really fun family film. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. What hacked Hunt you off? People. Sorry. What hacked you off? Okay, so during the debate this past week, Wednesday evening, and, you know, I'm following along on the screen and I'm also following along on Twitter. I can't tell you, this hacked me off so much, the number of people on Twitter who would say this, Pence sounds like the vast majority of white evangelical pastors that I know. Or they cast Pence in some light as the evangelical white man pastor who was ready to crush the world. So what you did was you took pastors and just just you just threw them under the bus. I just made me crazy angry mm-hmm. that we can blanket statement something like that. And everybody's cool with it. Everybody nods their head and points the finger and goes, yeah. Those white evangelical pastors, they are bad, bad people. That hacked me off to the mm-hmm. nth degree. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that, John. Uh, the thing that hacked me off is we've been talking today about our good friend Tunch's diagnosis with ALS, and it just hacks me off. I mean, it's one of those days when you think, you know, this world doesn't have a lot good to offer. Mm-hmm. What was the best news you heard this week? Okay, so I've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks, and I have to continue to talk about this. I follow somebody on Twitter. I don't know the person, but several months ago, they announced the birth of their baby. Then it turned out their little baby has brain cancer, brain tumor. And the little baby, Francesca, has undergone in a month's time five operations. 
And this man, you know, occasionally posts photos of Francesca. And, and there's this little baby, you know, with a stint in her or a little oxygen tube. And always she is smiling in these photos. So my prayer life has been altered by this little girl who doesn't know from Adam anything different that this is how life is. And still in the turmoil and the pain and all that, she is smiling through it because God is in her. So in your prayers, that's my good news. God is with all of us. Pray for Francesca. Mm-hmm. My good news this week is that my niece Meg's birthday was yesterday. Meg, happy birthday, Meg. We celebrated her hardcore last night. We did, did with a, a seafood boil that she and her husband put together. And um, I helped by eating it. Mm. What's a seafood boil? Seafood boil. Uh, they did crab and shrimp, potatoes, onion, and kobasi. Why in is a it pot. a boil? Oh. Old Bay, mm. covered, and then it's you pour it, pour it over rice. You mm. eat it. You mop it up with toast. Man, that sounds good. Remoulade on the side. It was the bomb. So happy birthday, Meg. Very, very nice. All right. And in closing, you two have anything meaningful for us? I was reading Daniel the other day, and uh, I haven't read Daniel in a long time, but I just loved this uh this part this is after king darius has thrown daniel on the lion's den and of course if you remember the story king darius you know that his his satraps talked him into putting a decree out that anyone who bows down to another god is going to have to be thrown into the lion's den and he's kind of dumb and he says oh yeah it sounds like a great idea and he doesn't realize that daniel's going to be one of those people and he doesn't want daniel thrown into the lion's den but he signed the decree and so it has to happen anyway so daniel gets tossed into the lion's den and um At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. And the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. Mm. Was your God able? And the answer was yes. Very good. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine about uh, underrated spiritual disciplines. We're talking about, you know, what is it? What do you think that is? And uh, from my perspective, I believe that underrated spiritual disciplines are, are two things. One is silence, and two is praying for our enemies. Mm. We are quick to lash out, mm-hmm. and our verbal diarrhea does no one any justice or good. So silence is deeply underrated. And that's John and Kathy's Week in Review.
When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. All throughout the summer, there was a lot of conversation how colleges nationally were going to engage with the fall semester. So here we see it. Of course, a lot of colleges have just thrown up their hands. They've said, no mas. We choose not to meet in person. We're going to do only video teaching. So your child goes to college, sits in their dorm room, and does video classes online and meets virtually no one and is part of no community. Well, we're happy to report the Grove City College made the pledge to meet in person in the classroom, the teachers and the students together. And to be honest, things are working out right now pretty good. They're more than halfway through this semester, and they are consistently strong, and the community is really engaged. So we say yes to Grove City College. You know, we all recognize that anything could change with COVID at any time, right? But as of right now, we're feeling really hopeful that they're actually going to be able to finish the semester. As you said, John, more than halfway done. Look, there are a ton of colleges that you can pick from, but the one that's close to our hearts is Grove City College. They've been consistent from the very beginning with the protocols they've instituted. The students have really tried to follow through and look, nothing's perfect. And like I said, anything can change, but for now, we're really happy with what's going on at Grove City. Check it out online, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table you can help change their future in a single moment see how far your support can go at unbound.org now there's a place where all your christian programs reside all the best christian radio stations live there find your local christian station or look for one farther away that plays the program you like ChristianRadio.com not only links you to the best Christian radio stations in America like this one, but also podcasts of great uplifting content designed to grow your faith. Find us now and download the app on either Apple or Android devices. It's the difference maker in your daily walk. ChristianRadio.com It's not often, but occasionally one of the great delights uh, is going out to dinner at a real steakhouse. You know what I'm talking about? You know, like uh, the Capitol Grill, right? Mm-hmm. Locally here yeah. or the Hyde Park Steakhouse. I mean, the Chains, Ruth Chris, that's a good steakhouse as well. We're fortunate. We got a ton of steakhouses, McCormick and Schmidt's uh, downtown, or I'm sorry, in the South Side. There's uh, one downtown too. Oh, is there? Okay. Well, there was. I don't know. I mean, pre COVID, there was. Well, there's, you know, the good news is, um, Steakhouses are still open, although their hours, like everybody else, have been cut to, uh, no pun intended, the bare bone. 
But they've all, it looks as though all the steakhouses, at least, you know, the major players in downtown Pittsburgh and Southside and whatnot are still open. Mm. However, they've had to make some adjustments. So, of course, as you know, you were talking, Kath, about uh, Governor Wolf and his um, occupancy restrictions, those crazy percentages. Uh, to be honest, I'd like to go to a steakhouse. I'm just not going to do some um, some dining right now, indoor dining. Mm. Um, yeah. I haven't. I've I've dined one time indoors since the pandemic started, and it was um, at breakfast, and oh. the the tables were way far apart. I mean, like a good like twenty feet apart. But I thought to myself, you know, the, what are these poor people going to do in the winter? What are they going to do? You know, because right. they had twenty tables outside where they were putting the rest of everybody. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's really hard. It's really really hard to know what to do right it now. Sure is. What's the uh, steakhouse you and I went to with uh, some friends of ours? Meat and potatoes. Oh. I listen, wonder if meat and potatoes is still around. Listen. That's steak. That Wasn't gigantic that steak. Something? Oh, my Man. gosh. Plus, and I know that it's a steakhouse, and I shouldn't be saying this, but I'm just going to. Their burgers are awesome. Mm, yeah, awesome. Fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. You know, I just. I haven't it, had any. Listen, I was just thinking about this today. You know, my husband is a pescatarian. He's not able to eat meat. And so, you know, I try not to eat. I don't eat meat in front of him because I just feel bad. He didn't give up meat because he wanted to. He did, did it because he had to. I haven't had any meat since August 1st. Oh, my gosh. Really? Listen, I had a dream about it last night. Oh, That's you need I a steak. It's getting bad. Uh-huh. Go to the store and buy yourself a steak and, uh, you know, right? Not your in husband front of can... him. I can't. Really? All right. Well, maybe you can go for a walk or something. <laughs> the Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.